Sources is a podcast made by women for women. We talk with a wide variety of experts, ranging from a sex therapist to the CDC and everywhere in between to bring you the stories you're only going to hear here. Our goal is to entertain and educate because it's more clear now than ever just how much we as women are doing as parents, as spouses, employees, just as everything. Don't miss out on being in the know. Subscribe to Soul Source wherever you listen to podcasts today. Leave us a review too, because this part's really important. When you leave those reviews, that's how we're able to continue bringing you the content you love each and every week. So buckle up, Soul Source Society, because we're about to get started. Hi, everyone. You have Katie and Tracy here. If we sound a little different, Hello. the sound quality is not as great. It's because we are not in the studio today. Um, the Retreats team has moved back to working from home, so we are chatting over Zoom. Yep. Feels like 2020 over again. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like these last couple of weeks of being at home, Katie, like we have just like shifted back in time. I think you said it before, but like Groundhog Day, like it really, yeah. I think I kind of blocked this like work from home, work with your kids at home, like always be at your home, kind of feeling out of my yeah. head. If you thought I am camping out in my spare room with a door locked over here so my two-year-old doesn't interrupt us, you would be right because that's <laughs> what we're living in right now. I know it. I know it. That was me last week. We had the kids home all week with us and that's 100% what I did like anytime there's a meeting where you can't interrupt it's like black <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't keep them from hanging on the door either so that is real oh, life I totally get it and we are hoping this is a very temporary stay at home we're hopeful for um, you know some healthier times in our community but it's keeping us all safe and our family safe right now so we do appreciate that effort but man it we miss I miss, I know you do too, Katie, being um, just among the company of our other red shoes. So uh, hopeful. Um, But you're right. We're sitting down um, today to talk together about the upcoming episode that Raquel has with Charlene Norman next week. Um, So Charlene Norman, at one point, she was on top of the world with her career. She was super, super successful, um, but suffered a brain injury. Her story is um, super interesting to hear because she wasn't able to work anymore. She had to sell her house and she truly lost almost everything because of this very unexpected injury. Yeah, so, so devastating. Um, Charlene is going to talk about how these losses you can experience, whether it's a brain injury, an illness, losing a job or a divorce, um, anything like that, you can feel like you have failed and then that can go ahead and manifest into shame. Mm-hmm. Shame. Yep. So that's what we want to kind of talk through today, um, uh, how we've felt it and, and where it comes from. Um, and it's a hard topic to talk about, honestly. It's it's a yucky, yucky feeling. And it's un, until... I saw the word like shame, like we're going to be talking about shame. Um, I've never really thought about it before until I was like, have I experienced shame? Oh my gosh. Yes. And I've never really like put that word to it before. Um, But Tracy, I think you and I have a very, very similar experience with breastfeeding and shame. Um, I feel like bring that up over my life. If I could think of my shame stories, that is that moment of my life where I felt like I was the most 
I was the biggest failure and that, and that shame was really overwhelming me, um, that, that moment of my life. So maybe we can start there. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, because it's, especially first time moms, I feel like, um, you put such hopes and dreams and goals for yourself in your head of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to breastfeed one. I'm going to do it. Like that's how, that's what they tell you is, you know, the best for your baby and you want to do what's best for your baby. And, and you see all of these um, other people doing it. It seems so natural, so easy. It's what your body's supposed to do. Right. And then <laughs> turns out it's really freaking hard. I'm still so mad thinking about this. And this was like a couple of years back, but like, I feel like no one told me it was going to be really, really hard um, until it happened to me. And now then all of these women come out of the woodworks being like, that happened to me too. And I was like, where were you to prepare me be an issue. I did have that a little bit because I, I was pregnant after you and like our, our other friend who also had some difficulties breastfeeding and people would be like stuck up on formula. Cause you never know if you're going to need it. And so I had that a little bit, but very much. So when I was pregnant with Cass, I was so naive being like, I'll be able to breastfeed like yeah. everyone all of my cousins were able to I know so many people it was just so effortless um someone that we worked with she even had like an abundance of supply and sent a whole bunch of breast milk to food banks because she had too much and I was mm-hmm. just like oh man that's gonna be like that's gonna be cake and then uh, yeah when Cass was born it was a big slap in the face when it was not that at all it was and here's the other thing is that even when you're in the hospital in like labor and delivery, at least at the hospital I delivered at, we delivered at the same hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like the lactation consultants at the hospital pushed it so hard too. And you were like, you were told, watch this video before your discharge and stuff like that. And it's all about breastfeeding and not once we're like, but if you really struggle, you can take formula. It's always like breastfeeding is so important. Breast milk is the best thing for your baby and stuff like that. And so then when it started not working out well, and we can dive into a little bit more specifics too, but it, that's where I really, really started to feel like a failure. Cause like you said, I wanted to do what was best for my baby. I wanted to get the best nutrients. Everyone says breast milk is best. Now I'm a very much fed is best (laughs) advocate. I saw those comments before and everything. And now I was like, oh my gosh, my son probably would have died if I didn't have one. Now you get it. Now you get it. Yeah. So two things that I'd like to comment on. One, I did not have to watch a video. <laughs> I do not remember being assigned that really? homework in the hospital. No. Um, but then the, the second thing that, I'm, that um, I think too really caught me off guard is, so we were back home and our son was, he was cranky he was always cranky he was always crying and it was he was just hard and like I think I just thought that's what babies did that they were like just always like a little bit difficult right and he was only like a couple days old we were like just a little bit home from the hospital and um my mother-in-law was over and she took him from me and then she said um do you have a bottle do you have any formula could I try feeding him and you know what that freaking kid ate an entire like four ounces in like no time and let me tell you about that shame and guilt he was hungry and I didn't 
see it because I was so caught up in the fact that like I, I was trying yeah. <laughs> and the kid wasn't eating it. and that is awful it's awful and so I 100% agree with you when they when you say like it's pushed a lot and like you really do have to advocate for yourself to like get what you need for your baby and not what other people think you need but it's hard when you're a first-time mom because you don't know what you don't know and you are told that that's best and it's not always the case um and so then when our and we'll get we can go we'll take a step backwards into um our experiences overall but um when fast forward a little bit to when we had our second son um I knew from experience that I wasn't good at breastfeeding. <laughs> like maybe it would work out better the second time around, but it didn't the first. So I went in with the expectation of this isn't going to work and I'm just going to feed my kid because I want him to be healthy and fed and sleep. And um, I had a really great doctor the second time around who was like completely on my side and in my corner on that and was like filling that little baby baby cradle thing with <laughs> all the drawers under it. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? She, every time she came in, she would put little bottles of formula in there for me. So it was, yeah, she was great. And and so, but it was me saying like, you know what? He might not be breastfed. Um, but but when you're first starting out, you that, that's just the expectation you have. I, I don't know. It is. And I think the entire topic, it, it makes it a little bit difficult too because there's so many strong opinions when anything of motherhood comes up, um, but breastfeeding mm-hmm. is a really, really big one. Cause you have, you have those people who, you know, think breast milk is the absolute best option. And you have people of the mindset that like anyone is able to breast milk or breastfeed as long as you try hard enough is like comments that I've heard in the past. And then other people are, are advocates for formula for whatever reason. And so it, and, and there's definitely people in that middle that's super supportive and just being like fed as best. And that's where I try to stay now, because I think those outside opinions is what was really driving that shame and that feeling of failure for me. Um, and I, I never totally. had anything against formula, but I just always heard these comments about breast milk is the absolute best thing for your baby. And I'm like, I want what is absolutely best for my baby. And so that's what I want to do. But with yeah. my story, I, I, if I kept that mindset, I like Cass wouldn't have been able to make it. He, so I was a first time mom, right? I didn't know anything, but I didn't know any better. Um, when we were at the hospital and I would try to breastfeed him, all the lactation consultants would be like, he's latching just fine. Everything looks great because he did, he wasn't crying. He wasn't fussing. He was sleeping a lot. I also heard that newborn babies sleep a lot. So I, I didn't think anything of it. And then you have your appointment, like two days after your discharge to check on like weight mm-hmm. and everything. And he lost so much weight. He was born at like seven pounds, seven ounces. And this kid was down close to like six pounds. And they say over 11 pounds or 11 ounces. Now I'm getting all confused, but there's like, there's a huge drop. And he was like way below what he was. Well, the big drop. Yes. And that's scary. It's very, very scary. Because again, that's the same feeling of like, he's hungry. Yes. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I I thought he was breastfeeding just fine. He wasn't fussy or anything. He was sleeping all the time. Now I find out he's sleeping all the time because he got jaundice because he didn't have enough nutrients to push Mm -hmm. the bully, Billy Rubin out. And so then that 
led us down the other like heartbreaking path of my little newborn having to be a little glow worm. I was, I didn't have to like bring him to the hospital. They had those like tables that they set them under lights. I didn't have to do that. I was able to get like an at-home thing that I think we had one of those Yeah. And he Uh was like a little glow worm, but you still can't really like hold him and snuggle him when he's hooked up to Mm -hmm. this board and everything. So that was really sad. But I mean, at least it, it helped him that way. But then I spent the next four months. I am shocked that I went four months doing this, but I went on a rotation of Uh, trying to breastfeed him, everyone saying that he was latching just fine, but that he wasn't transferring milk. So I would uh, breastfeed him for 30 minutes. And then I would give him a bottle uh, right after that um, with formula to make sure that he got that. And then I would pump for 30 minutes after that to make sure that my supply kept up because he wasn't transferring milk. And so, I mean, the newborn stage maternity leave, it's exhausting already. And some people really love maternity leave. I did not because of this reason. Um, But it was literally that rotation of, so newborns are supposed to eat every two hours. So you have me breastfeeding him for 30 minutes, giving him a bottle for 30 minutes, and then pumping for 30 minutes and having a break for 30 minutes. And then start over. over. Oh my (laughs) goodness. Yeah. Um, That sounds awful. And it also reminds me of a lot of what I did with our first son too, because he didn't he didn't just didn't breastfeed he didn't but I still felt like I should pump to get him breast milk and that was like the most mentally taxing thing I've ever done because I was waking up when he was sleeping because if I didn't have enough bottles in the fridge what would he eat and like as if being a brand new mom isn't hard enough somehow we put this pressure on ourselves to to make sure that every 30 minutes of our life is consumed by feeding our baby absolutely and I, mean, <laughs> I, I think I'm honest. like traumatized by this honestly yes. when I think back to it I how tired I was I'm still uh. upset by it um they they talk about all of those things that you can like do and eat to like get your milk supply oh, up too and everything mm-hmm. too so, like the amount of oatmeal that I ate <laughs> Um, in all various forms, regular oatmeal, putting oatmeal in smoothies, eating oatmeal cookies, like having oatmeal granola, like, oh my gosh, I, if I never see oatmeal again in my life, I would be just fine. I, and then I was even working with my doctor to be like, I don't know what's going on, but like, I can't get this to work. And I'm trying so hard around the clock. I'm doing everything the lactation consultant is telling me. Um, and then I was even prescribed like a prescription medicine to wow. up my milk supply to just like, I feel like I've done everything and it still wasn't working. And it was that shame that was creeping in where I'm like, I, how am I still failing yeah. at this? And I took it so personally because I'm right. like, I, there's not anything else that I can do. I've done every single thing and it's still not working. I just need him to get fed. Um, and I felt that shame for a really, really long time. So I hit that four month mark and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. We're yeah. doing formula. I'm like, cause right. at that point I, I pretty much missed his entire newborn phase. Like I didn't enjoy that. Is so true. Yeah. So sad. Like I didn't enjoy yeah. the newborn because I was so stressed about this breastfeeding and like just trying to meet society's expectations that I'm supposed to breastfeed my baby. Um, yeah. and so I still, I still feel that like shame that I, went so hard. I was so afraid of failure that I went so hard on this, that I lost four months of, in, of time that I could have enjoyed with him. Yeah. 
And you know what I know about Cass? He's like the smartest two, almost three-year-old I've ever seen in my life. So do you think it matters? (laughs) What he ate? No. (laughs) This was, that's a good point because this was one of the comments that helped me the most is when I was really deep in this and I was just like that close to just being like, I need to just give up. I saw a comment that said, I'm a kindergarten teacher. And I can tell you (laughs) when I'm looking at my entire class of like four and five-year-olds, I cannot tell you which one was formula fed and which one was (laughs) I cannot tell you which one had like this or that in, in that baby stage and everything. But I can tell you like, what parents read to them every single day or like parents like are are present and like comforting them and stuff like that. And that is what really like flipped a switch from like in a few years time, he's probably going to be eating a chicken nugget off of the floor. So I'm like, why am I so (laughs) And it's so true. So he's like a toddler, super smarty pants. He runs around just fine. He's super healthy. He has eaten a chicken nugget off of the floor and everything is just Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just last night, um, uh, Evan ate a a black bean. We had like tacos uh, off the floor. So he thought it was a chocolate chip. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rude well, awakening. <laughs> and it turns out, but the funny part is, is that he came up back to the table with us and said, "I eat more beans." Oh my god! <laughs> so he liked it. He actually really liked them. That's yeah, really I'm like cool. well, if that's how I have to feed you now, that's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it is so, um, it is like tiring actually to think about that whole stage of life. Um, and for me, it was, um, a six months. That was the goal I set for myself. And even then I'm kind of like, cool that I made a goal, but like, that was still me pushing myself to do something that wasn't actually working well. (laughs) I think it was just like, I hope I can make it because that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, And that's really to where like when we did have um, our second son that I went into it with this totally like relaxed mindset of like, I don't care if he gets formula. I'm going to do what works for me mentally because I have not even a two-year-old also at home. There's no way I'm going to be able to sustain a, I'm constantly hooked up to a pump schedule with a (laughs) tiny little baby toddler running around. Um, and you know what the funniest part about it is, is that Evan, he was an excellent breastfeeder. <laughs> he did a really good job. Here's the thing that though, though, that is even funnier about all of that. He was awesome at it. I hated it. I am a very claustrophobic person in general. I don't love to be touched. I felt he, I just felt like I constantly had to yeah. like, something hang like I just hated the feeling of always being like the one that had to be I know there are so many women who just love breastfeeding and like make jewelry out of breast milk because they love it and if that is you that is wonderful and I like am very happy for that bond that you have because I didn't feel that I love both I love both my kids so much but I felt this like oh I don't want to be this responsible (laughs) that type of feeling so when it actually did happen and worked for me it wasn't even for me turns out yeah (laughs) and I and I loved being able to just feed him a bottle actually and I loved my husband being able to help feed him a bottle so funny how it all works out you know because I felt this terrible guilt and shame of like what I should be doing this whole time and then it wasn't for me anyway (laughs) 
I think it all comes down to that, like your attitude going into it. Cause again, I, I think, I think when we were first time moms, we, we had, we felt those expectations and we felt yeah. pressures. And so that's where that shame came in. And now that more relaxed feel, I think is something that could benefit any single woman, whether you are breastfeeding or whether you choose to just do like formula or a mix of both. I think all of them come with different challenges and all of mm-hmm. that pressure I think is coming from outside sources. So it's like, as long as you're you're following your heart and what's working for you and what's good for your mental health. I think that's going to be the best thing. But I think a lot of that shame comes from what you think other people are going to judge you on. Because there's still going to be people out there that's going to judge you if you don't breastfeed or are going to judge you if you breastfeed in public. That's like a whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's always like a lose-lose situation at some point. Um, So I think it's like, it's easier said than done. But it's like, once you you stop caring what other people are going to think about you as a mother, I think you enjoy it a lot more. And I think that shame becomes a little bit less and less it's hard. Yeah. 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 I could not agree with that more. That is, that is totally accurate. Yeah. It is exactly how you believe you're being seen hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a gross feeling, but it's nice being able to identify that better nowadays. Um, if I am ever fortunate to have another kid, I think I'm going to stockpile formula. I'm going to prepare myself and I'm going to be a little <laughs> bit more chill like you. And it's like, as long as, as long as that baby is. Well, because better. now you have exactly. And now you have that, um, you know, experience where you can say that maybe you missed that with mm-hmm. cats, that it didn't happen for you. And like, yeah, why would you want to do that again? I, it's so much a mental health thing too. Like, oh, I was, you're tired, you're exhausted, your body is healing from so much already. Like, you're doing an awesome job, mom. However, you do it. <laughs> Any moms out there, you did amazing in the past, you're yes. doing amazing nowadays, you're going to do amazing in the future, wherever yeah. you're at. Give yourself I'm some. Kidding. Well, Charlene has a different story. So it's, um, I, I think a lot of our shame, again, we really identified as that, that, that time in our life where we were new moms and everything. Charlene really um, gets vulnerable with her own story about talking about um, having a stroke, having some seizures, having this brain injury that she had to overcome. Um, it's, it's very, very much worth a mm-hmm. listen because with that, she talks about the own shame and failures that she felt from having lost everything, even though it was beyond her control. Um, and, and she gives some good tips on how you can feel like you can overcome that as well. Mm-hmm. Tune in guys. Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more soul source, just subscribe to our show. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts and you can watch us too. We're on YouTube. Just look for soul source. Soul Source is brought to you by Red Shoes Inc., a leading agency specializing in crisis and strategic communications, media relations, social media, and so much more. To learn more about Soul Source and Red Shoes, visit us at redshoesinc.com.